episode 72 of the Edward Reeves Buddhist Books podcast, or of Edward Reeves Buddhist Books podcast. It's episode 71 if you're on YouTube, because there's one extra little introduction thing on the podcast itself, and it's episode, it's part 11 of my recitals of the Tipitaka, in which we continue to read from uh, Sutta Vibhanga, or Rules Analysis, if I'm not mistaken, um, Parajika, part two. Parajika meaning defeat. Part one was the... Sex stuff. I can't get enough of that clip. Um, and part two is where we talk about stealing, or where the Buddha explains to the monks about stealing and breaks down, this is stealing, this is not stealing, you know, and if you steal on this level, we'll kick you out. If you think about stealing or you touch something and you're thinking about stealing it but change your mind, you need to get a talking to and some kind of disciplinary action, but we're not going to kick you out. Um, now, we're taking, <laughs> we're taking a, a medium, a spiritual teaching, or, you know, at this point it's just really basic stuff, like don't do bad things. So this is breaking down what doing bad things looks like and the specific situation of Buddha being alive and having monks following him and how he's teaching them, okay, this is bad, this is fine, you know, like that. So it's a very slow unfolding of, of, of a teaching, but surprisingly entertaining at, at times. It seems each of these parts starts off with a specific story where you kind of get invested in the character of this monk and what's going on in his mind and what his situation is and why he ends up breaking this, what turns out to be one of the big rules. Um, and then it goes into like, you know, uh, one situation where people are like, ah, but the rule was about that, not about this. And then it goes into the Buddha, you know, spending an hour or two explaining, okay, there are no exceptions to the rule. If you do this, you're out. If you do this, you're out. Now, if you do this and you don't quite do that, <clears throat> you know, we'll talk. Sometimes we'll have to have a meeting of everybody, but we won't kick you out. And so it can be tedious, especially translating it into a YouTube video, which is normally, you know, uh, something that where people go for laughs or for little short videos or tutorials or maybe a reaction video or whatever it is that people do on YouTube. So it's a very strange thing we're doing here. Usually if somebody's looking at Buddhism videos on YouTube, they're short. There's someone who's either an expert or like a performer in the case of some people doing like beautiful chanting or or someone coming on as an expert and in a very kind of rehearsed you know way um, with a very particular or very you know serious we need to talk about this you know kind of way um, condescending not necessarily with all of the negative implications that that word has but definitely the word is applicable uh, to whoever the viewer is to explain to them about Buddhism, or uh, there's that Religion for Breakfast channel. It's pretty good, pretty informative, where it just sort of states, this is this, without judgment. It's not saying, and you should believe it. It's saying, isn't that interesting? And uh, yeah, I'm none of those. <laughs> this channel is none of those. Um, 
It's something else. But anyway, enough about that. Uh, you might notice our old friend The Rock is back, and that's because... Um, on account of the fact that the last few episodes have been very dry and even leaning a little bit toward the bad vibey with me getting frustrated at Polytech Society uh, replacing important things with three dots so that you can't have a flow to the reading. You have to stop every once in a while and go, okay, what goes in the three dots? Um, and uh, that kind of thing. So I thought it might be nice to inject a little bit like when you're preparing a soup, you know, and you're like, oh, this is too bitter. It needs a little bit of, I don't know, honey? What do you put in soup? Anyway, um, so so what I'm going to do is take, uh, you might remember longtime viewers or listeners of this channel know about my uh, Dogen poetry. This is, of course, not poetry by Dogen, but this is poetry that I've made out of Dogen lectures. Um, so... This, for those who don't know, is Master Dogen, Ehe Dogen, and also this uh, is, is Dogen. Uh, he was the guy who brought Zen to Japan, in short. He brought Chan to Japan, and at that moment it became known as Zen because of the accent. Um, and it kind of took on its own character, unique from its origin in China, but it definitely had its roots in and its identity in the, uh, the Chan traditions in China. Um, so to sum up, this is about 1800 years after the text we're going to be reading or getting back to, the Parajika, which is original old school Buddhism, right? Um, so this is a man who spent years learning the Tipitaka. He read the Tipitaka, no doubt, as well as uh, many of the Mahayana sutras and even some sutras that are generally considered to be on the Vajrayana side of things. Um, and then there's some sutras and, and writings that are kind of uniquely uh, Zen, you know, Chan. The teachings and practices and stories of the Zen and Chan masters. But most of all, he meditated. That's like what they're very big on, is meditating in perfect lotus position. And if you start to fall asleep, someone whaps you with a stick during his time. Um, 400 years earlier, they weren't doing that yet, but then they became popular, and then kids would be sent there, and so that was their solution to like keep keep all the kids in line. So they'd hit them, hit them with a stick. They go, oh, okay, thank you, master. You know, so they remind them to stay in meditation and not drift off into sleep or or kind of into like you know, stay stay in that state. So digesting, learning um, all of these teachings, which is what. I'm slowly in the process of trying to self-navigate through um, in order to one day have all of the book knowledge of Dogen. And uh, that reminds me, i got to get back into a regular meditation practice because the one without the other is probably no good. Um, just become kind of a scholarly expert in, in Buddhism without any of the enlightenment, right? <laughs> Um, so yeah, after years of that, he came and became the founder, basically, of Zen in uh, Japan. And uh, he gave a lot of lectures, most of, most of them in the 1240s. And uh, so what I did after reading them um, was the ones that particularly blew my mind. Uh, I would take the lecture and take certain phrases and certain uh, words and, and sentences from, you know, in order... Uh, but kind of trim out all the and the master so and so who upon seeing his teacher said to him 
I would cut out that and say just the part he said to him, you know, um, and uh, boil it down to poem size and poem format in order to kind of like, in my view, uh, express kind of the heart of what was being said in that lecture in poem form. And uh, I, I think they're very beautiful. I mean, I don't take credit for them. They're Dogen, but I just formatted them. So what I'm going to do, cut short, is at the end of this episode, if you can make it through however you know, dry the, uh, the rules about stealing may end up being, or maybe not, we're entering into a new section, but it's still, still about stealing. And uh, do, you know, just to let you know that one of these, there's like, I think, five rules you can get kicked out for. We covered the sex stuff, right? That was, that was part one. Part two is stealing. I haven't looked ahead to find out in what order they go, but one of them is like impersonating a god or, uh, or claiming to have supernatural powers, like tricking people. And so that's interesting. I'm in interested to see what kinds of shenanigans and situations uh, go on there. So that'll be interesting in its own way, in a different way than the, than the sex stuff was. And, and, and in a way in which the stealing stuff just sort of reads like sort of bylaws, like I'm reading like, you know, from a court, you know, okay, section 23.5 says that if you take someone's hat, then you get a slap on the wrist, right? So we'll get to this, not this, but the poem that I made from this. The, uh, in specifically, it's komyo, shobogenzo komyo. Komyo means brightness. So we'll get to that at the end. But for now, if this is your first time seeing me, click here instead. That'll take you to the beginning of the reading, and you get a lot of lot of sexy stuff uh, before you get to this part two, the stealing stuff. But for those of you who are all caught up, or if you just have decided this is the video that you're going to start with, then well, you're free to do so, by all means. And uh, let's get to it, shall we? I think that's everything. Forgotten anything? All right. So um, this first part is going to seem just like a list of things. I think what it is is it's like the title of the section, but it's more like a, it's sort of a cross between a title of a section and a table of contents. So it's letting you know, just sort of in list form, like at the beginning of a Shakespeare play or something where they have like a mini version of the play you're about to see. Uh, so it's like that. It's just going to list them all off, and then it's going to go into each one. So here we go. <clears throat> Five things told about bleachers. And that's like people who bleach things, not like the metal things you sit on to watch the high school football game. And four about outer coverings. Five indeed about darkness. And five about carrying. Five things told about the way of expressing oneself. The next two about the wind. The knot decomposed, and we're getting back to that. Uh, the casting of a kusa lot. In the bathroom is the tenth. All right. Looking forward to that. I don't know. It seems something, something going on. Five things told about broken meats. And five about inexistent receivers. Pause. I think in the previous, upon re-listening to it, when it talks about when a monk does not know that it is his, 
I think that's just sort of an awkward way that the, I assume, British translator chose to say, he knows it's not his. He does not know that it hit, that it's his. Um, in regular speech, or you know, English, uh, if you were to say he does not know that it's his, that would imply that it is his, and he just doesn't know it, right? Um, so yeah, so I think I'm pretty sure that that was an error in my understanding of the words, or an error, honestly, in his choice of uh, phraseology. Um, and uh, the other thing was, yeah, when it says, uh, do you steal, with no question mark. It's not a question, it's, he's saying, go steal that. Again, I, I would have made different choices in translating this. But I'm not a translator, and I don't, I don't know the Pali language, so... There it is. Okay. Back to the list. Um, yes. And kuru meat in famine. Cakes and sweet meats. The bag for carrying the set of necessaries. Necessaries. Is that how the British say necessities? Um, bolster and bamboo peg. On not coming out, hmm, he's a few millennia early to talk about that subject. I'm sure it's not about closets. Um, and trust about foodstuffs. The next two, about knowing one's own. Hmm, I'm kind of interested in this, actually. Maybe, maybe it'll be more interesting than the, than the last two episodes. Seven times saying, we do not steal. Seven times they did steal. The cock crowed three times. No. Seven times they stole from the order. The next two on flowers. All right. Uh, three on taking greetings. Three jewels are taken past. Hmm. And pigs, deer, fish, and even he set going the vehicle. Two on a piece of flesh. Two on sticks, rags taken from the dust heap, two on water. Little by little, having made arrangements, it did not amount to five masakas in parentheses. Four handfuls at Savati, two on broken meats. Two about grass. We talking uh, no. Seven on distribution for the order. Seven on being not owners. Wood, water, clay. Two on grass. He stole seven times intentionally from the order. Not good. Not good. The very first words written down in. And is something that could be called English using the Latin alphabet was written by the king of what later became known as Canterbury under the instruction of St. Augustine. And it was something to the effect of if you steal from the church, you owe it times 12. Very first English sentence. Tells you a lot about the English language, doesn't it? Um, all right, anyway. Uh, one should not take away... What has an owner? Yeah, that's basic. 
one may take for the time being what has an owner. So maybe situations where it might be okay to take something that has an owner. All right, I'm here for it. At Kampa and Rajagaha and Ajuka at Visali. And uh, Visali, Visali, that turns out that's that's very close to where uh, where my wife is from. I remember a few episodes ago I was saying, what's with these women from Visali in the 6th century BC? No reflection on today. And uh, Benares and Kosambi, Sagala, and about Dalhika. Well, okay, I'm a, I'm a, my interest is piqued. I think it'll be a little more interesting than the, uh, than the sort of bylaws list of, of the previous couple episodes. At one time, the group of six monks, having gone to the things, in parentheses, spread out to be bleached, stole a bleacher's bundle. Again, they were remorseful and said, quote, the course of training has been made known by the Lord. Let us hope that we have not fallen into an offense involving defeat. Three dots, and since this is the first time, okay, maybe we have to refer to the previous section to find out what goes in the dots. Edit this part out, Edward, would you? Okay, so I think what's in the, these particular dots, I had to do several minutes of research to find this out, is something to the effect of they came up to the Lord and having come up to him. I don't think it would have made the book too much longer to leave that in. They told this matter to the Lord, and then three dots, which I believe is, and having told him, the Lord replied. Something like that. All right. Okay, quote, You monks have fallen into an offense involving defeat. So they stole, felt bad about it, told the Buddha, we stole, and he said, okay, you're out. Right? Um, okay. At one time, a certain monk, having gone to the things, in parentheses, spread out to be bleached, and seeing a garment of very great worth, had the intention to steal it. On account of this, he was remorseful. And he went to the Lord and told him, and having, he came up to the Lord, and having come up to him, he told him, and the Lord replied, There is no offense, monk, because it was a passing thought. Okay, so if you think, oh my god, I could totally just take that right now, and then you're like, oh, how could I even think that? And they go to the Lord and say, I, I thought about stealing it. He's like, well, you didn't steal it, so you're fine. It's, it's what it is. So he doesn't, like, crack down on thinking. Like, uh, like I mean, first reference that comes to mind is uh, when uh, Jesus says that if you, if you think about committing adultery, then... You've already committed adultery. The Buddha's saying if you think about stealing, eh, eh, you know. I think, uh, earlier in the previous section he was saying, uh, I mean in the previous reading, he was saying if you like start to make plans, then you did a wrongdoing. If you're like calling someone and saying, okay, we're going to steal this, and then later you decide, uh, let's not do this. It's like, okay, you did wrong. But if all you did was look at it and go, hmm, I could steal that, couldn't I? Then it's fine. Okay, moving right along. 
At one time, a certain monk, three dots, having seen a garment of very great worth, intending to steal it, touched it. On account of this, he was very remorseful. He went to the Lord and told him, having told him, uh, the Lord replied, Monk, there is no offense involving defeat. There is an offense of wrongdoing. So that's the line you think, oh, I could take that. Uh, but I won't. Yeah, you're, you're fine. Oh, I can take that. No, I won't take it. Uh, you touched it. Mm. Oh, I can take that. You're out of here. You're not a monk anymore. Right. At one time, a certain monk, three dots, made it quiver. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. There is a grave offense. At one time, there was a certain monk, three dots, removed it from its place. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. You, monk, have fallen into an offense involving defeat. Yeah. Okay. At one time, a certain monk who was going for alms saw a valuable outer cover and had the intention to steal it. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he touched it. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he made it quiver. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he removed it from the place. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. You, monk, have fallen into an offense involving defeat. At one time, a certain monk... See, I love the dots. I accept them as they are, even as I, I seek to accept and, and reintegrate with my own shadow. So too do I love the dots. Even as I in light of Yeshua, would express the same love to Satan himself. Exactly in this way do I love the dots. Anyway, uh, at one time, a certain monk, seeing some goods during the day, made a sign uh, saying, I will steal these at night. Uh, he was talking about signs in the previous, like winking, raising an eyebrow. Thinking of them, he stole them. Three dots. Thinking of them, he stole something else. Three dots. Thinking others to be the ones, he stole these. Three dots. Thinking others to be the ones, he stole those others. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. Quote. Three dots. Defeat. End quote. At one time, a certain monk, seeing some goods during the day, made a sign saying, quote, I will steal these, in parentheses, at night, end quote. Thinking others to be the ones, oh, I forgot to throw in one, um, on that thing about something from 2,500 years ago, a basic teaching about, you know, teaching right and wrong to whoever these monks were, just like village kids coming and saying, oh, I'll be a monk. And he's like, okay, this is stealing, right? And then taking those and then translating them in a kind of okay but lazy with involving dots way. And then doing that in long form YouTube videos. It's an odd thing. I, I recognize this. That's, that's why this is an odd channel. All right. One of the reasons. Monk, there is no offense involving defeat. There is an offense of wrongdoing. That might not be where I left off. Does it matter? It only matters that I move forward and not backward, right? Okay. Um, at one time, a certain monk carrying the goods of another touched the burden, intending to steal it on the head. So when we talk about burden, we're talking about 
people carrying things on their head. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he made it quiver. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he lifted it onto his shoulder. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he touched the burden on the shoulder. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he moved it. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he lifted it onto his hip. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he touched the hip burden. Three dots. If you hate the three dots, please do inform the Polytech Society. Passionately in writing, public shaming. I'm only kidding. Please don't public shame people. Uh, leave that to me. Intending to steal it, he moved it. Three dots. Intending to steal it, he took hold of it with his hands. Three dots. Intending to steal the burden in his hands, he deposited it on the ground. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. You, monk, have fallen into an offense involving defeat, but not for all of those things, only the last one. You can figure it out, right? Some of it was a wrongdoing, some of it was a grave offense. All right. At one time, a certain monk, having spread out his robe in the open air, hopefully like not like a flasher, uh, anyway, entered the vihara. A certain monk saying, quote, Do not let this robe be lost. Put it aside. Having come out of the vihara, in parentheses, he asked the monks, quote, Your reverences, who has stolen my robe? He said, I have stolen it. Presumably a different monk than the one who asked. Otherwise, he's mad, and therefore it's okay for him to steal. Remember, don't forget, act crazy or in pain. Oh, oh, my shoulder, and I'm crazy. I'm going to take this. <laughs> I'm still a monk, because I'm in pain and crazy. That's the rules. Um, yes, I have stolen it. He seized him and said... You are not a true recluse, true in parentheses, end quote. Thereupon, he was remorseful. He told this matter to the Lord. He said, of what were you thinking, monk? I, Lord, I, it was a way of speaking, he said. The Lord said, there is no offense, monk, in the way of speaking, end quote. At one time, a certain monk Putting down his robe on a chair, three dots, his mat on a chair, three dots, putting down his bowl under the chair, entered the vihara. A certain monk saying, do not let the bowl be lost, put it aside. Having come out, he asked the monks, your reverences, who has stolen my bowl? He said, I have stolen it. He seized him, three dots, your way of speaking. At one time, a certain nun, having spread out her robe on a fence, entered the vihara. A certain nun saying, do not let this robe be lost, put it aside. Having come out, she asked the nuns, ladies, who has stolen my robe? She said, I have stolen it. She seized her and said, you are not a true woman recluse. On account of this, she was remorseful. The term smurfette comes to mind for some reason. Anyway, uh, this nun told this matter to the nuns. The nuns told this matter to the monks. The monks told this matter to the Lord. Three dots. 
Quote, there is no offense, monks, because of her way of speaking. End quote. All right. At that time, a certain monk, seeing a cloak blown up during a whirlwind, took hold of it, saying, quote, I will give it to the owners. End quote. The owners reprimanded the monk, saying, quote, You are not a true recluse. End quote. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. Of what were you thinking, monk? I did not intend to steal it, lord, he said. Monk, there is no offense, as you did not intend to steal. A whirlwind. Hmm. Ah. Oh, okay, okay. So, so the monk saw someone else's cloak being taken up by a whirlwind, and he went up and grabbed it so that it wouldn't be taken up. And then, uh, so the owners said, you are not a true recluse. And then the Lord clarified, like, no, 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 he wasn't stealing it. He was keeping the wind from taking it away. All right, all right. So there's an example of where it's okay to touch someone else's stuff. All right. At one time, a certain monk intending to steal laid hold of a turban which had been blown into the air during a whirlwind before the owners see, in quotes. The owners reprimanded the monk, saying, you are not a true recluse. Because of this, he was remorseful. You, monk, have fallen into an offense involving defeat. So it's not about whether there's wind or not. It's about whether you intend to steal it or not. He's relying a lot on the honesty of the monks, if you notice. He asked them, were you intending to steal? No. Okay, then you're fine. Uh, so, did you consent when she sat on you? No. Okay, you're fine. So, if, you know, if the monk lies, he gets to remain a monk, but perhaps not. Perhaps he'll be reincarnated in, in the hells. Something. I don't know. Anyway, moving right along. At one time, a certain monk, going to the cemetery, took hold of rags taken from the dust heap, which were on a body not yet decomposed. The yet is in parentheses. At the departed one was, I think if a body's not decomposed, like if one has a basic understanding of things, they would know that it will later be decomposed. I mean, we're not talking about an absolute vacuum here, are we? No, we're talking about the earth. So the yet, anyway, he makes his choices. We all make our choices, right? I've made choices that were just as bad in my life as the three dots are in the choices of the translator's life. And the departed one was dwelling in this body. Oh, okay, so like the soul or something? The guy was still in there? He was like mostly dead for the Princess Bride fans among you then this the departed one oh the departed one maybe was mm, I don't know uh, yeah P-E-T-A remember we were almost going to read the footnote about that but there's there's PETA stories P-E-T-A stories the whole book we'll get to that later this we're already like a third of the way through this first book. This is kind of like making me rethink the time scale that this is going to take. I think I might finish the TV talk before 10 years pass. We'll see. Um, I think the hour-long episodes are helping. Um, 
but I'm not doing them every day as much anymore. I mean, I did one yesterday and today, but I'm taking more days off in between. Rather than doing half an hour and doing it every day, I'm doing an hour, but then not exactly every day. Um, yes. So, the departed one said to the monk, Honored sir, do not take hold of my cloak. Okay, so it's the, the spirit of the dead guy, or whatever they would consider that. Um, in early Buddhism, the monk, unheeding, went away. Then the body arising followed closely on the heels of the monk. Then the monk entering the vihara closed the door. The body fell down at that very place. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. Oh, the good, good place for the dots. You're being followed by a zombie corpse, and you stole his clothes, and he collapsed right after you. I wonder what happened with the zombie corpse. Yeah, okay. Monk there, oh, he went to the Lord and said, uh, I took the clothes from a dead guy, but his body, he was, well, anyway, okay. Monk, there is no offense involving defeat, but a monk should not take rags from the dust heap which are on a body not yet decomposed. Whoever should take them, this is an offensive wrongdoing. So it's not stealing to take the clothes of a dead guy. But if his body's not decomposed, then his soul might still be inside. And he might say, hey, don't take my clothes, and then follow you home. It happens, apparently, back then, in those days. Okay. At one time, a certain monk, at the distribution, I'm not dead! He'll be stoned in a moment. Um, at one time, a certain monk at the distribution of robes to the order, casting the kusa grass and intending to steal, took hold of a robe. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots, end quote, involving defeat. At one time, the venerable Ananda, thinking that the inner garment of another monk was his own, robbed himself in the bathroom. Okay. He robbed, he himself robbed. Ananda, of all people, robbed. Maybe not robbed himself, because that would be ridiculous and impossible, right? Unless we're back to the does not know it's his own. No, it's, it was someone else's. Then the monk said to the venerable Ananda, why did you, Reverend Ananda, robe yourself in my inner garment? Oh, robed robed himself. Yes, 1B. Sorry, that was my mistake. Quote, Your reverence, I thought it was my own. End quote, he said. They told this matter to the Lord. He said, There is no offense, monks, as he thought it was his own. End quote. I remember in, uh, in Dogen's Shobogenzo, there's, there's a whole chapter on going to the bathroom. And they're always very careful about uh, when you hang your robe, on the hook, there's like a like a place, there's a hook, and you look at the symbol next to the hook and make a point to remember the symbol next to the hook. So that's like, kind of hails back to these early days, doesn't it? So you, you won't like Ananda accidentally take someone else's robe. That's good to know. I feel like a little piece of, not useful, but uh, you know, interesting sort of nerdy information I can go on uh, on on Buddhist Jeopardy and uh, and know one thing. 
One more thing, anyway. At one time, a company of monks descending from the slopes of Vulture's Peak, which, if I'm not mistaken, is in Rajgir. Interesting. Seeing It's a little windy. It'd be nice if the rain would come. I think it's June 11th, and this is episode 11. Ooh, how long are we going to stay on this? Um, yeah, the rains are supposed to come at the end of June, and it's June 11th, so it's very hot. But when the rains come, it'll, it'll cool off very quickly. So we're looking forward to that. Anyway. Uh, yes. Seeing the remains of a lion's kill, had it cooked and ate it. Because of this, they were remorseful. Three dots. Monks. There is no offense in this matter that, uh, of the remains of a lion's kill. So you can steal from animals. Or, you know, I mean, they killed it. They ate until they were full. They left. They don't have private property, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. That's not a thing. That's not a lion thing. That's a human thing. They have their own, their own rules. Anyway, at one time, a company of monks descending from the slopes of the vulture's peak, seeing the remains of a tiger's kill, three dots, seeing the remains of a panther's kill, three dots, seeing the remains of a hyena's kill, can you guess? Three dots. Seeing the remains of a wolf's kill, had it cooked? Three dots. Quote, monks, there is no offense in taking what belongs to animals. End quote. <laughs> oh, these monks, they're so cute. They already know that some of this happened with a lion, and they're like, I feel bad I stole from a tiger. It's, yeah. You remember the lion? It's same, same thing. Same thing. Oh, but I stole from a wolf. Yeah, you remember the lion and the tiger? It's 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 a situation like that, you know. But I stole from a hyena. Okay, monks. Okay. Animals. You can steal from animals. You can take the remains of a kill from animals. Got it? Alright. At one time a certain monk, gruel, having been distributed to the order, said to another, Give me a portion for another. He took for I don't know why that's his voice. And he took for an existent, an, an inexistent, maybe that's British for non-existent, monk, in parentheses, he took for an inexistent, <laughs> I, need, I need two breakfasts, one for me and one for an inexistent. This is my inexistent friend. Anyway, for this he was remorseful, three dots. Um, so psychopaths will have no, none of these problems because they won't feel remorseful and then go confess, right? Anyway, uh, yes. Quote, monk, there is no offense involving defeat. There is an offense involving expiation for deliberately lying. Ooh, it says discussed in a forthcoming volume. All right, all right. Deliberately lying, expiation. It's not one of these defeatable things, but if you're lying and they have to talk to you, like, you know what truth is? You know what truth speaking is? You see these, uh, the eightfold, anyway, um, yes, at one time a certain monk, hard foods being distributed to the order, three dots, cakes, three dots, sugar cane, three dots, a species of cucumber in parentheses after nothing, being distributed to the order, said to another, quote, give me a portion for another, with me, in parentheses. And he took 
for an inexistent monk in parentheses. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. Quote, monk, there is no offense involving defeat. There is offense involving expiation for deliberately lying. Right. So first it's like, okay, here was this situation and it was with a clam, you know, and then, uh, and then, okay, okay, here's the same situation with a, with a, a an aardvark and a, a chewing gum and a, a hose and, you know, like, okay, so whatever it is, whatever it is, that rule applies for whatever, whatever means whatever. Yes, at one time, a certain monk entering a rice kitchen during a shortage of alms food, intending to steal, stole a bowl full of rice. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. Quote, three dots. Defeat. End quote. At one time, a certain monk entering a slaughterhouse during a shortage of alms food, intending to steal, stole a bowlful of meat. Three dots. Quote, three dots. Defeat. End quote. At one time, a certain monk entering a bakery during a shortage of alms food, intending to steal, stole a bowlful of baked cakes. Three dots. Intending to steal, stole a bowlful of cake. Three dots. Intending to steal, stole a bowlful of sweet meats. Sweet meats. On account of this, he was remorseful. Quote, three dots. Defeat. End quote. A little more? A little more? <clears throat> Just because you want it. Um, at one time, a certain monk, seeing a set of requisites during the day, made a sign saying, quote, I will steal it at night. End quote. Thinking this to be the one, he stole it. Three dots. Thinking another to be the one, he stole that, which he had originally thought of stealing. Three dots. Thinking another to be the one, he stole this other. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots. Quote, three dots. Defeat. End quote. Now, I wonder if he was defeated for all three of those situations. I would imagine so, because he was the one who stole it. And in the situations where... A monk tells another monk to steal something, but he accidentally steals the wrong thing. He, the monk who told him to do it, in one example, doesn't get kicked out. And in the other example of exactly word for word the same thing with some dots thrown in to make it confusing, does get thrown out. So at times it's okay to tell someone else to steal something as long as they steal the wrong thing. And at times it's not, according to the translator, Mr. Horner. Anyway. Um, at one time, a certain monk, seeing a set of requisites during the day, made it, we'll get to the poetry soon, I promise, made a sign saying, quote, I will steal it at night, end quote, thinking another to be the one which he had thought of stealing. He stole his own set of requisites. On account of this, he was remorseful. Three dots, monk, there is no offense involving defeat. There is an offense of wrongdoing. You accidentally stole your own thing. I meant to steal his thing, but I stole my own thing. Okay, I'm not kicking you out, but you did wrong. Let's let's end there, shall we? Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I think that next time, in episode twelve, we will not finish the section. I thought I thought I was going to have good news. Oh, maybe we'll finish the section. Yeah. So next time, 
Next time, we will finish the section. And then we won't be talking about stealing anymore. Won't that be nice? Episode 12, part 12 of Parajika will be the last of the stealing. Okay. Shall we get to the Buddhist wisdom distilled, the distilled essence of all of the teachings through one lecture and then the distilled essence of all of that lecture by me into a poem. I give you the brightness. The whole universe in ten directions is the brightness of the self. The whole universe in ten directions exists within the brightness of the self. In the whole universe in ten directions, there is no one who is not themselves. This light illuminates the 18,000 Buddha lands of the East. Buddha lands means inside of the eyes. The Buddha's light is not blue, yellow, red, or white. It was just the light that was guarded by the dragon gods. It is the hundred weeds around you. It is already their roots, stems, twigs, leaves, flowers, light, and color. It is never something added or taken away. How is it that mountains, rivers, and the earth suddenly appear? The whole universe in ten directions is the brightness of the self. Transcendence of the common and transcendence of the sacred are the indigo and vermilion of the brightness. Practice and experience are the brightness being separated into means and end. Smoke, mist, water, and stone. The way of birds and the hidden paths. These are the turning cycle of the brightness. The whole universe in ten directions is the concrete self. The present seven feet of skull and bones is just the form and image of the whole universe in ten directions. Just what is this brightness 
that is present in all people? It is the monk's hall, the Buddha hall, the kitchen, and the three gates. The existence of each moment of totality possesses each moment of totality. These words were spoken by Master Dogen to the monks at Kanandori Koshu Horinji Temple at about 2 o'clock in the morning, 2 a.m. on July 1st, 1242, in the pouring rain. The monk who wrote the words down made a point to mention that at the time, the rain of the wet season fell thick and heavily drops dripping endlessly under the eaves. Just what is this brightness? The monks in the assembly could not help being pierced by these words. Let us close. Thank you for as always, going on this ride with me. And I hope this uh, poem helped to break the monotony of <laughs> the rules basket, which we will get through and we will get to some other juicier parts of the TV talk. Um, for those of you who are in this for the long haul, wow. Thank you. All right. To the north and to the south, to the east and to the west, to the spirits of light among us and to the spirits below. We send out our reverent love and compassion. May all beings be happy. May all beings be serene. May all beings be in peace. Until next time.